Today's Inside the Chapel podcast is presented by Sports Spectrum, the intersection of sports and faith. Make sure you check out sportsspectrum.com right now and sign up for Sports Spectrum Weekly, our weekly email that comes right to your inbox for free to keep you updated on all of the content that Sports Spectrum is producing. Podcasts, articles, devotionals, all available for free at sportsspectrum.com. Welcome to the Inside Chapel Podcast. My name is Inky Soma, chaplain for the Houston Rockets, and I'm here today with our, my co-host, Reza Zadeh, chaplain for the Broncos. And today we've got a very special guest. He's a very, very good friend of mine, one of my Cowboy partners. He's also one of the chaplains for the Houston Rockets as well. His name is Malcolm Marshall, and his wife Stacy have two girls. So give this podcast a listen uh, on uh, finding truth in the midst of deception. Gentlemen, thank you for being here tonight at our pregame chapel. I want to welcome you on behalf of the Rockets organization, and uh, I want to let you know that my desire in these next few moments is to be a conduit for the spirit of the living God to encourage you, but to also challenge you because none of us get better unless we're being challenged. And uh, I believe that each of you wants to be better. And so uh, with that said, let me let me jump in, man. Let's let's get this thing started. So I've been kicking this idea around for quite some time, and I feel like the Lord has given me some words to kind of articulate it. So see if you can agree with me here. I'm of the belief that right now we're seeing a generation of people, generation of men and women who believe they they know enough about God to get to heaven when that final trumpet sounds. That's a that's a reference to First Thessalonians chapter four, verse 16, where the Apostle Paul says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the archangel's voice and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. You do know a day is coming in which you're going to have to stand before your maker. My hope is that you will be able to stand with great confidence. And I'm going to give you something tonight that I think will help you do that. This generation of men and women, they regularly attend church. Sometimes this generation of men and women, they can often recite verses of scripture from the Bible. They know how to regurgitate a few spiritually sounding statements when it when it comes time to pray. They even might sacrificially give of their time and treasure on occasion. But these same individuals are considered prime candidates for recruitment in the ever increasing move toward agnosticism and atheism. Agnosticism is the belief that there is a higher power, but it's not necessarily God. And then atheism is, I don't believe there is a God. You know, what makes this group of people such an appealing target is this little known secret. If you know a lot about God, that actually has very little to do with actually knowing God. Jesus actually speaks to this in the gospel of John, chapter 17, verse three. Jesus himself says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. So in essence, there is no eternal life apart from knowing God. And here's the thing, knowing about God and knowing God are two totally unrelated things. Now, at this point, 
you're, you're probably expecting me to say something like, well, if you really want to know God, you should read your Bible daily. If you really want to know God, you should spend more time in prayer. If you really want to know God, you should seek out a, a godly mentor or, or an accountability partner. If, if you really want to know God, you should get plugged into a Bible teaching church. I would say amen to every single one of those. Every single one of those has merit. They're very necessary elements to knowing God. But there's something else, gentlemen. You must become a student of your faith. If you want to be, let's say, a successful lawyer, one of the very first things that lawyers are taught in law school is that you must know your opponent's argument better than he does. That's why some of y'all spend so much time watching videos, watching footage of your competition or even the players who have come before you, because when you see those who have come before you, you can actually learn from them. Well, friends, I want to submit to you that many Christ followers, they can't properly live out the gospel because they don't know God beyond the occasional passing acquaintance. If you can't say amen, just say ouch. I'm OK with that. See, if you don't know why you believe what you believe, you run the risk of being convinced that what you believe might not be true. Hear me very clearly, gentlemen, getting to know God. From a scholarly approach, it equips you and it empowers you to successfully combat the deception that has influenced many a Christ follower to turn away from the faith. And I can't tell you the number of people I'm talking to right now that are wrestling with all things Jesus. The focus is no longer on Jesus, but it's on his church or his people. And because his church and his people are not perfect. That's being attributed to him. I want to submit to you when you're a student of your faith, you're actually in a position to see the deficits of the church and his people and not be swayed by that. Listen, most deception when it comes to spiritual matters, most deception occurs when error, a little bit of error is mixed with enough truth to make it believable. Y'all know that's exactly what happened back in the garden, right? Adam and Eve were given just a few grains of truth, but there was also some error mixed in. And before you knew it, it was hook, line and sinker. They took what was presented and ran with it. When you don't know how to discern properly the truth of who God is, the counterfeit can seem genuine. I don't know about y'all, but, you know, I grew up in a generation where every young man in the hood was trying to have some J's. I think the very first pair of J's I got, I was in the eighth grade and I wanted them so bad. I got them a size too small because they didn't have my size. So my feet hurt, but I was rocking them J's. Well, if you've ever had somebody come up on the scene with some, some, some counterfeit J's, they got clowned. They got talked about. They got laughed at. They got ran off the block. Our God and his love is not going to run you off the block for, for, for entertaining a counterfeit faith, but our enemy will use it to lure you into places that God never desired you to go. Listen, our enemy would like to convince you to, to piece together your own God in whatever form you choose. He doesn't care what you believe as long as it's not the truth. 
Listen, when you believe whatever you choose, life for you is going to become a real life Burger King slogan. You can have it your way. Here's the problem. That's inconsistent with the scriptures. If you are having your relationship with God your way, he no longer is God. You are. Throughout history, y'all. The recurring problem with man-made gods is that their temporary nature eventually leaves us yearning for something greater. I can't tell you the number of professional athletes I've walked alongside who have come to me and said, once my playing days were over, I realized that I had spent so much of my time investing in something that had value but it wasn't valuable eternity, eternally speaking. Let me give you an example of what I'm referring to. Isaiah chapter 44, the prophet Isaiah, he actually gives us some words to speak to this idea of the, the temporary nature of these man-made gods. Isaiah chapter 44, I want to read to you verses 1 through 11. Listen to the word of the Lord. This is what it says. It says, and now listen, Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen, this is the word of the Lord, your maker, the one who formed you from the womb. He will help you. Do not fear, Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. How many of you would love for Isaiah 44 verse three to be yours in Jesus? I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. They will sprout among the grass like poplars by flowing streams. This one will say, I am the Lord's. Another will use the name of Jacob. Still another will write on his hand the Lord's and take on the name of Israel. Verse six, this is what the Lord, the king of Israel and its redeemer, the Lord of armies says. I am the first and I am the last. There is no God but me who like me can announce the future. Let him say so and make a case before me since I have established an ancient people. Let these guys declare the coming things and what will take place. Do not be startled or afraid for I have not, or excuse me, have I not told you and declared it long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God but me? There is no other rock. I do not know any. All who make idols are nothing and what they treasure benefits no one. Their witnesses do not see or know anything. So they will be put to shame. Who makes a God or cast a metal image that benefits no one? Look, all its worshipers shall be put to shame and the craftsmen are humans. They all will assemble and stand. They all will be startled and put to shame. Gentlemen, I'm sharing this with you because you don't want your man-made idols to have you in a position where you're standing for a holy, just, righteous, loving God. And he says, I don't know you. I never knew you. What you're seeking is me. And yet you've gone after everything but me. Fellas, I'm trying to help you understand there is value 
and being that generation who knows God beyond the superficials. Let me close with uh, let me close with a, with an il illustration to, to see if I can help you help you really get your, your, your minds around what I'm trying to present to you today. So my oldest daughter, she's a teenager now, but when she was a baby. The process of, of her cutting teeth was extremely painful, extremely painful. I remember I remember these teeth shooting through those gums. Man, she we, we were trying to give her frozen, frozen ice pops, frozen ice rings, pacifiers that had been sitting in the fridge for a really long time just to kind of help bring some cool to her mouth, some soothing to her to her gums. Thing is, for my wife and I, we were super excited because we saw this as her progressing toward eventually being able to eat solid foods with us. Fellas, as we step into this season, I want to ask you to think about the things that you want to do differently this year than the way you did them last year. And then once you know those things, once you have a written record of the things you want to do differently, I want to strongly urge you to consider the following. Make getting to know God your highest priority. I'm going to say that again because I think some of y'all ain't listening. Make getting to know God your highest priority. Listen, the biggest battle you're going to face every day is your daily appointment with God. If you keep it, all the other battles get smaller. Put another way, you must be exchanging whispers with God before shouts with the world. And I sincerely believe in these few moments that we've had here today, God is challenging many of you who are listening to me to put down the spiritual bottle and pick up a spiritual fork. He's got utensils ready for your disposal. The question is, are you ready to use them? May the Lord use this to challenge you to get to know your God. Let me close in a word of prayer, gentlemen, and I'm going to let this truth land where it may and trust the Holy Spirit to do his work. Father in heaven, you are great and greatly to be praised. And I thank you that this word is saturated with your heart, God. I, I pray that all of us would see the value of stepping into a greater knowing of who you are. Not just a not just a head knowledge, but God, that 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 kind of knowing that transforms us from the inside out, that that kind of knowing that moves us from who we are to who you've called us to be. The, the kind of knowing that helps us see ourselves the way you do. God, we want to know you. And we know we can't do that apart from your son, Jesus. And so if indeed there be one in our midst who does not know you in the pardoning of their sin, God, today, would you help them to see there is no knowing you if they don't know your son? We pray in the name of Jesus that salvation would flow freely in this place and men and women alike all throughout this organization would see the power of the risen Christ Father, thank you that we have the freedom to share this message of hope, encouragement, and love. And our ask is that it would fall on good ground. May these fellows be good ground. Use this for your glory and for their joy. 
Thank you for the time you've given us together. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Icky, um, you know Malcolm. Uh, you seem like you know him well. I don't know him at all, but boy, I really enjoy his teachings and the way that he leads. And I could see why uh, he has the voice that he has with those with those basketball players. Icky, this idea of, I mean, he had a few ideas, but I think one of the ideas that was really interesting is this idea of knowing God, that knowing about Jesus isn't the same as knowing Jesus. And he had some really good points of emphasis in there. You know, Icky, when you think about the opportunity that we have um, to know Jesus personally rather than to know him, you know, maybe as as Savior and know him as Lord, which those are really important things. I don't want to minimize that. But to know him personally, but how does that translate to you as a man? And how, how do you how do you walk with him and how do you get to know him personally? Yeah, Reza, that's a great question. So, I mean, you and I have been doing this podcast now for a while and you know, it'd been like this when I first met you, if I said to you, hey, Rez, I want to get to know you. And then all of a sudden you email me a copy of your resume. Right. And I've got all these facts about you, where you went to school, maybe where you were born, your past work experience, maybe a little bit about your family. That's not the same as spending time with you. Right. That we, I can get all the facts, and information about you off your resume or your LinkedIn profile. But it's not the same. And I think that's what he's talking about is it's possible to read theology or the Bible and to know Jesus Christ or know facts about God without really knowing intimately. So one of the things I do um, to practice this is really walking with Jesus is, like you said, prioritizing spending time with him in the morning. So I get into God's word and open up the Bible and not to read it for a sermon, not to study it for a sermon, but just to read it for God to speak to me through his word. Uh, then I also have been re really dutifully memorizing scripture as well every morning, trying to memorize Romans 8. And one of the things I started about four years ago was journaling as well. So journaling allows me to see the work of God in my life and through my life. And so in there, I'll write down prayer requests or things I'm praying for God to change in me. And as I go back, I have a little five-year journal. I can see what happened a year ago and the year before. And I can see yeah, these are the ways I've gotten to know God more intimately over the last year, six months, or whatever the period is. So that's why I'd probably recommend. How about you? How would you say... We would differentiate knowing facts about God with really knowing God intimately in a relational way. Yeah, buddy. I think it's. I think, man, I, I don't have much more to add than what you said. But I think there's 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 differences. You know, G Jesus very clearly, and I think the, the popular verse, John three sixteen, um, God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, have eternal life. I think you know when I think of that key word, believe in. You know, I oftentimes think of like, man, to put your trust in. So I think like, Icky, as you and I have become closer friends and walk with each other, it's like, I know I can put my trust in you because I've seen you. We've interacted. You've been trustworthy. I can look back to the times where you have been trustworthy. And I think for me, you know, when I look at my relationship with Jesus, uh, sometimes it's hard to trust him in the moment or to trust him with the future, but it seems easier to do the moment, um, trust him in the moment and trust him in the future when I look back and see how he's come through in the past. And so I think there's this part of walking with him, of acknowledging kind of what he's done in the past. And so that's the way that I that I take a take a look at it. And then Icky, he was he was really talking a lot about, man, I think just that thought that we get to know God now. And knowing God now is eternal life. Eternal life isn't this you know, goal of when we get to heaven, but eternal God, as Jesus said in John 17, like Malcolm pointed out, 
that it's knowing God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. So that, I thought, man, those are two key, key, key points. But then he started talking about being deceived and um, what it means to be deceived. And man, I, Icky, I would love for you to, to just think on or just talk a little bit about this quote that he had when he talked about most deception. Most deception occurs when error is actually mixed with enough truth to make it believable. And I think we see that all over our culture, even with Adam and Eve. If we look back at the narrative in Genesis, you know, there was enough truth that that the evil one had presented that actually got Adam and Eve to to disobey God. So what do you think about that idea that most deception occurs when error is mixed with enough truth to make it believable? Yeah, the other part of intimacy with God is, man, talk about intimacy, that the Holy Spirit now lives inside of us. And I just finished reading towards the latter part of the Gospel of John, and that's what Jesus says. He said the promise when the Spirit, He will lead you into all truth. And so that's one of the promises of God. So that's our, I guess, uh, check on uh, deception. And, you know, the Satan, our enemy, is a father of lies. And he uses deception to deceive us. And I think the analogy I like to use, Reza, is this. Um, you go to any store, let's say you have a problem with termites or rats or something in your house. If you look at any kind of bug poison or a rat killer, it's 98% typically like food, inert materials, like some kind of sugar or carbohydrate. And it's that 1% of poison that actually is the thing that kills the mice or the rats. And I think the same is true doctrinally as well, that there is things that may sound good and sound true, but it's that 1% of uh, erroneous doctrine, that lie or deception that really gets us. And so, um, yeah, I think the, the key to that is really spending time in God's worth. Jesus said in John 17, that same passage uh, that we referred to, he says, your word is true. He says, sanctify them, make them more like me, set apart. Uh, and he says, in truth, and he says, your word is truth. And so, again, it's critical to be in God's word on a regular basis, filled the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, that was the part that really hit me. Last thing, though, that hit me, Rez, I don't know if you, you noticed this as well. When he read Isaiah 44, uh, about God's yeah, greatness and eternal, great. eternality and all those things. Uh, I think I may just make that like my, my ringtone or something. His voice, just reading Isaiah 44, mm. the majesty of God was so powerful. Hey, Rez, it's been a joy uh, recording this podcast with you and commenting and giving an application for Malcolm's message. I just want to thank all the listeners. We want to thank all the listeners, yeah. all those who shared this podcast with others. Thank you, and we will be with you on our next episode of Inside the Chapel. Take care and God bless you.